You are listening to the Mom Halo Podcast. This sweet ear candy will serve up laughs and aha moments as we talk to best-in-class thought leaders. These folks are dropping gems of genius. I'm Melana Kapitz, CEO and founder of the Mom Halo community. I'm a fun, fearless, freckled mom with three wild kiddos. I love to introduce you to ideas and people that will rock your world all while laughing out loud because that is the only way to get through the daily grind of parenthood. Plug in your earphones and let's get to them. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to our podcast. This is the Mom Halo Podcast. I'm your host, Alana K. Fitz. And I'm super excited today because I have my very good friend in studio, Hannah Ross, everybody. Hi, Alana. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I was just complimenting Hannah because I'm looking at her right now and she just looks so good. You look great, babe. Thanks, love. I'll take it all. I'm learning as a practice to receive compliments. So thank That's you. Good. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Kick it off, girlfriend. All right. My name is Hannah Ross. I'm a pelvic health physiotherapist. I'm the owner and clinic director of Vital Physiotherapy and Wellness, a women's health and pelvic health clinic in Midtown Toronto. And I am a performance coach. Yes, you are. And I'm excited about your coaching business. What is a performance coach? So, you know, I think I was calling myself a business coach for some time, but what I what I've known and learned and seen in myself is that um, when I when you, people work with a business coach, they come thinking they need strategies, and they think there's one way to accomplish their business goals. Or when I'm working with clients, I think there's one way to achieve their physical goals. And the truth is that that doesn't exist. There's no one size fits all. There's no super strategy. The thing that we all need support with is learning how to trust ourselves, learning how to see sort of like the mindset traps that we get into um, that are really holding us back from being creative, from seeing the bigger picture, from like just putting one foot in front of the other, whether it's for our physical goals, whether it's for our rehab goals or for our business goals. And so I stopped calling myself a business coach because, um, I think that those pieces are so important. We need to start talking about what's happening in our heads in order to achieve what we need to go get to or where we want to go. Mindset, mindset, mindset. I keep hearing yes. about mindset and I <laughs> kind of like, no, I'm serious. It feels I, woo. It feels really, really feels woo, woo, right? And I'm not into that. I was like, okay, mindset. But I actually have to say like that we actually have a new um, scholar and her name is Leah Davidson and she's a 20 year life coach and she's, she talked to me about mindset and she said some things to me that actually made sense for the first time. I was like, Oh, that's mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We think it's like affirmations and like, I'm good enough and smart enough and gosh, darn it. People like me. That's literally what I thought it was. Um, And what I recognize over time is like, all of us have these things we, we hold as truths, but they're just thoughts that we have and beliefs that we have. That's it. And I think we get to choose whether or not we want to think those things, but no one's ever presented them as an op- as an option or an opportunity. Right. And I think it's I think it's super interesting. And we were going to talk a bit about bodies and women's bodies. Um, and just before we got jumped on the call, to be honest, I'm like, hey, honey, and she does look great. You look healthy. You look fit. Your hair is glowing. Your face is glowing. Your arms look 
super good and strong. You look fabulous. I mean, you're a mom of four kiddos. You have a thriving practice. And, you know, I I sometimes feel like as we're talking about performance, some Mm -hmm. people I know who are the busiest on the face of it, busiest, I'm air quoting, busiest, um, tend to manage to fit it in. So let's talk about women's bodies, Hannah. What's on your heart song today? What do you want to talk about? So, okay. So let's talk about Let's talk about our bodies and being busy because what you just said to me is like, people are, how can you fit in being healthy and well and taking my wellness, both mental health and physical health seriously when I'm so busy. And it's this like rhetoric that we have that we're too busy to care for ourselves. We're too busy to care for ourselves. As soon as we become mothers or professional women, we start to like, expect that we just fall down to the bottom of that totem pole. And we're shocked when somebody's not holding like at the bottom of the pole. How do you do it? How do you, how do you fit in putting yourself into that list? And what I want to talk about today is the fact that like, you actually can't do all the other things unless you put yourself on that list. Like there's actually no, there's no success in life, um, unless we choose to care for ourselves. So very often we, we think of like hustle culture, like going, going, doing more. The only way to be successful is to do more and to push. And I, I, I like to speak about that as almost like bro culture, like we can do it guys, let's go, let's go. And, and when I became, um, a business owner and I was searching for, for business coaches, I really only found other dudes who were like, push and go hard and go, you know, it's go hard or go home. Like that. Let's go. If you don't have it in you, just push for one more, the last rep. And that didn't resonate with me. Like I, I was always the hardest worker in the room. I didn't need to be told to work harder. What I actually needed to be told was that like, let's take moments to breathe life into ourselves. Let's, let's actually care for my physical and mental health. Um, and like, it really took me going, getting to like true burnout because I could always be the hardest person working in the room. Um, and that landed me with like, yeah, a, a couple of things on my list of, of, of goals, but uh, the, the truth is like the things that are going to get us have gotten us here are not going to get us to that next level. So when we're speaking about women postpartum, like we've come from a lot of women are like professionals. They've worked hard. They think that there's a one right way to mother. There's a one right way to parent. There's one right way how to sleep train. Like, and we come expecting that we're either going to succeed or we're going to fail. And the truth is that if we start to approach things from a goal oriented perspective, then we're just doing whatever it takes to achieve that goal. And it's like, well, as soon as I get there, that's when I'll start to take a vacation. As soon as I get there, then I'll sleep. As soon as I get there, then I can start to exercise. I don't have time to get to that goal uh, to do all these things for me until I get to that goal. Whereas if we sort of approach things from a growth mindset where like all of this is to elevate myself so that I am, I am, smarter, more informed, I have more bandwidth to support the people around me, then all of a sudden our care becomes part of the picture. And I think that, um, especially postpartum when we're working with clients, so 
um, in the clinic, we, we work with pelvic health conditions, incontinence, yes. Yes. Um, sexual pain, yes. ab rehab, postpartum, diastasis recti, and people come in and they're like, okay, I just need to get, I just need to stop leaking and then I can run. But what they, you know, they come in because it's a very uncontrolled time in our lives. Like postpartum is a time when we really don't have, like, there's a lot of stuff happening in our worlds that weren't happening beforehand. Right. Right. Like there's a lot of, um, new people, our kids, but also the the new people are ourselves. Like our identity is shifted. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, our partners, if we have partners, like they're now parents too. And we think we can control this one thing. If I could just get this one thing, right. Then I can prove to myself that I'm worthy. Then I can prove that I'm doing it right. You know, if we are not if I can just bounce back the way that Julie down the street did, then, then I've done it right. And as opposed to approaching it from a growth mindset, that's like, if I can just learn one new thing a day, I can improve myself. I can feel more whole and I can take better care of all these people in my life. It's funny, Hannah. It's I've had you know probably twenty five podcast recordings in the last three months, and all people she's, she's doing it. She's doing, doing it for it. real, people. We're doing it for real. No, we're doing it for real I, I want to hit the ground running because I think there's so many inf- interesting conversations to be had. But there's sort of one sort of um, I want to say golden thread that's sort of bringing it all together. And it, I'm seeing the same theme from it. Doesn't matter what industry. Actually, we're all talking about the we're same. We're all talking thing. about the exact same fucking thing. Yes. And I think you know that's. I think that's it. It's time for us to, 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 to level up. And the leveling up is not like being the best, being the A plus student, getting the first, you don't need, you know, it's not, I say to my son all the time, honey, it's not about being the winning the race. It's about the fact that you tried the race. Right. And I think it just, and who you become in making that attempt and not choosing not to do it because you think you're not going to win. Right. Right. There's no winning here. There's no, there's really no gold right. medal. But I do think that there's something to be said about, especially about the woman's body. And we're not necessarily talking about phys- physicality in the same way that we might talk to some other women who've been on this podcast. We're talking about a more like holistic approach. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, you literally work with pelvic floor. I mean, we're talking about inside out and, and how that comes to be. So when somebody's, when you're talking to somebody right now, Hannah, it's 2022, just for context, we're middle of March, we're sort of creeping into what's now like what they're calling the endemic or the the third year of sort of the COVID life, um, which is so shocking to me that we're actually <laughs> our life. Just two years, two years to flatten the curve, everybody. <laughs> oh um, but I mean, what what's the chief complaint you're hearing right now when we talk about women's bodies of women you're talking to? What are people saying, Hannah? So the interesting thing is what they come in for is not what they talk about afterwards. So they're coming in with a lot of pain, pelvic pain. Um, they're coming in. Always the number one thing that people come in to see us for is ab rehab. My body isn't doing what it was supposed to do. And now, um, you know, I need to fix it. Um, it's pain, back pain, pelvic pain, pain with sex, diastasis or ab rehab and incontinence, right? Oh, I, I don't really have incontinence. It's just when I'm jumping on the trampoline with a full bladder and my kid pushes me from behind and my best friend says something really funny at the same time. And then I, I leak. It's all of these either excuses for why our bodies aren't, aren't working well. Like, oh, that's okay. It's okay that I, I, I leak. Like, what did I expect? I, you know, I'm a mother. What, what, of course, of course my body's not going to work well. Or it's, 
Judy down the street, her body bounced back after six weeks. What's wrong with mine that it's not? So we've got this like real duality of like this overarching belief that our bodies are supposed to look like they've never had a baby um, externally, but this also acceptance of um, it not functioning well because I've had a baby. And uh, like, I, it's, it's really interesting that like we've taken in that how our bodies look is more important than how we feel. And I want to change that. Yeah. I think, I think there is an obsessed with the physicality and I, I, I just can't even begin to, um, address those things. I just spent a, a few days on the beach and you can't help but see mm-hmm. bodies, right? Yeah. And see diverse bodies. And it's not a comparison. I very I exist in my body. I'm aware of my body. I exist in a, a larger body. I just like I, I've always sort of have and I own that and I'm okay with that. But I do see on the beach, and I'm just gonna give you an example of like as a microcosm of the world, like when I look around at like a typical adults only resort in 2022, like Women are shrinking and men are not, right? Like mm-hmm. women want to take up less space, their bodies yes. to be look a certain way. And I'm seeing young women and women of every age and stage sort of existing that way, where men are just like existing bigger, like they have no responsibility for sort of any sort of physique, but almost like um, this narrative, even though we're trying to change it, still exists right. and it's rampant, right? right? So you can't help but look at these like very petite women who are obviously working hard to maintain their physique, or maybe it makes them feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and to say like, oh, well, this isn't about looks or about vanity. This is just about well-being. So I find that's the hard part for me is right. like, can it be about both? Like, even though we have said, and I'm saying this very honestly, even though we're into body positivity and body neutrality and body of every size, but like, is that still more att- attractive? Like, are we still sort of saying like that still looks beautiful to me? Right. I mean, I do. I honestly feel that way, but I don't know if people feel that way. What do you think, Hannah? I, I think that no matter, like whenever we're at the start of a shift in perceptions, we can't, we, we can't spend time. I don't know if I say we can't spend time. We, we can't ignore the very fact that we've still let, lived our entire lives with the other method messaging. So when we're talking about like the thing that is common with all the clients that come to see me, whether it's leaking or ab rehab or pain is that our nervous system is driving all of those pieces. And so our nervous system is still trained to as automatically protectively to think this is good. This is bad. This is safe. This is dangerous. And that's just what our brain is has been trained to do, right? We've taught ourselves that like when, when I see clients who have had um, emergency C-sections who come in to see me for, um, for ab rehab and I'm like, and they're telling me that their entire stomach is painful because they're so ashamed of being a failure because they had a C-section instead of a vaginal birth, because we have taught women that, that vaginal births are new are natural and cesarean births are not they now believe that that cesarean section is shameful and dangerous. Their brain has now, they won't even look at that area of their stomach. They won't even look at their abdominals. Their brain has actually mapped it out as unsafe. We have to start by by accepting the fact that like 
Number one, our brain has a very important role, and that is to keep you alive, plain and simple. And so if we have learned over time, and there's been this subliminal messaging that, you know, that bigger is dangerous and smaller is safe, or cesarean sections is, is bad and vaginal birth is good, we actually have to stop judging that part of our brain that has said that to us and accept say, instead say, okay, thank you. I understand where you're coming from. Thank you for trying to protect me. I'm actually going to choose to go over here now. I'm going to choose to think this instead of like berating ourselves that we're like, okay, like literally for 30 years of my life, somebody was telling me that smaller is better. Somebody was telling me when I did all of my prenatal training, they taught me that vaginal birth is natural. Yeah. No wonder my brain is going to, this is dangerous. Right. Oh, I get it. Thank you. I'm actually going to choose to think this now. Right. Instead of I am bad for thinking this. Right. No, I, I believe that. I think like I had a big aha moment a few years ago, um, probably in my motherhood. And it's funny, we talk about this, right? Like you're meeting yourself for the first time, right? Yeah. And I, my favorite quote is by Beyonce Knowles. I was just, I actually just authored a chapter and like a book of a bunch of women. And, and they said like to start each chapter with a quote. And my quote literally was like, I met myself for the first time in motherhood, Beyonce Knowles. Yes. Because I feel like that's really oh. the ultimate quote, right? Like you, she's a poet, right? And she's an artist and that's what she's saying. And I believe that is true. And that's what you're saying is like, Let's just rejig everything we know because you are you are different. The world around you is different okay. and, and things are different. I think people want to desperately feel well. I think there's a wellness element yeah. and picking up habits and traits in your daily grind, those routines of making yourself feel well, right? It's about ease, feeling ease as you walk, not dis-ease, right? I don't think it's about pounds and jeans, which are like that's yeah. the problem I have with these discourses. And that's why I'm not everybody's influencer, right? I'm not everybody's content creator because I'm not going to talk about those things. I like wellness. I like feeling well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also like a huge proprietor of proprietor of balance, right? Like you can have your cake and eat it too. Um, and I think, you know, what's interesting about this journey of motherhood that I am on is like, I'm such a public person about the things I'm feeling and experiencing. Yeah. Um, and often I find- Which like, is what we love about you. Thanks, Hana. And what I love about you is like, I find like if I'm feeling it and thinking it most likely is other people are too, you know? And now a word from our mom, Halo podcast sponsor. Who needs superheroes when we have moms? Nellie's isn't just cute packaging. Nellie's is on a mission to be the global favorite for planet friendly cleaning. Nellie's strives to make planet-friendly, simple, and honest products for the whole home. Make the switch to green cleaning today using code HALO25 off your purchase. Excludes bundles, sets, and sale items. Kids and Company is Canada's leading provider of childcare with over 100 locations across the country and in the United States. They're celebrating their 20th anniversary this year, and with 20 years of experience in the childcare space comes a ton of innovation in how they cater to their families. They have in-classroom webcams, an app that provides daily updates for parents, a from-scratch menu, and wonderful high-quality educators. These are just a few of the amazing things about Kids and Company. My daughter attends one of their centers and I can vouch for how incredible they are, far beyond others we've attended. They're offering families who register and start care by July 31st, 2022, a waived registration fee. That applies to new registrations only. Call their team at one eight six six my kidco co to register for this offer. You won't regret it. 
Um, what I'll say is also about that is that if some that the idea that if you're thinking about it, somebody else probably is too. Um, so many people don't think that way, Alana. Like so many, so many women live in shame that they are so tired that you know they sometimes like they're annoyed when their kids wake them up, or you know that things are hard. That they're like they're supposed to wake up and love motherhood and be this glorious mother or part of Mother Earth and happy and excited and reading 15 books before bed and making the 15 course meals. And that's supposed to be, that is motherhood. Oh, but also they're supposed to be working like they don't have children. And also they're supposed to look like they've never had children. And also they're supposed to go to boot camp and work out for an hour every single day and also meditate and Great. also be Zen and also make time for their, their partners. Yeah. And like this idea of wellness is almost like super unattainable because we've hyper fixed are like the, uh, this idea of like, it's not supposed to be, we're not supposed to be well. And like something is better than nothing. It's everything is better than nothing. Like it's a one, it's an all or nothing perspective versus this. Like my perception of of wellness is like, you know what? Some days you're not going to freaking feel like exercising, but I've committed to exercising because I know that I feel better when I exercise. And so I'm going to do it. And it's not going to be the most effective, like hardcore routine every single day. But you know what? If I move a little bit, I'm going to feel better. So I'm going to do that. And you know what? When I move a little bit, my mental health is better. And if I meditate, my mental health is better. I'm not going to spend an hour and a half being Zen. I know that five to 10 minutes of meditation done for three weeks actually starts to to rewire your neural connections. That's all it takes. It doesn't have to be this four hour event of self-care. And I think that it becomes daunting when we start to talk about all the things that women should do, which is an additional thing on the list. And once we start with one thing, then we start to add on, okay, so I'm going to do 15 minutes on the Peloton. And then I'm going to do 45 minutes of meditation. And then I'm going to journal for 25 minutes. And then I'm, like it becomes this like weight on us and how, how can we, like, we're not well, unless we're doing all this whole balanced approach to life, but like, can we do one minute of meditation? Like my clients who come in or pelvic floor physio come in expecting hours and hours and hours of uh, Kegels and this and that. And like, I literally, I'm like, can you go to bed 25 minutes earlier? Can you meditate for five minutes a day? And when you go into the bathroom, can you do five to 10 breaths? Hannah, that's what you said to me. Honestly, yeah. that was a game changer for me. And it's funny because I think we enter motherhood and we, and we, and we think we know a lot. And I think motherhood is like, I call it the Mack truck because you're about to get schooled girlfriend. Like you don't know nothing until you enter that yeah. age and stage where you're like, okay, I'm meeting my body for the first time. And then you come across people like Hannah Ross and you come across people like some of our other experts and scholars and you learn something new. Right. And one thing you said to me is Alana, can you take five to 10 breaths every time you pee? Just do it. Just do the breaths. And I was like, okay, this is such woo woo, but it, yeah. was, it actually was a game. You actually, you didn't think that you actually said that to me. You're like, Hannah, I'm not into woo. I'm not into this mindset <laughs> stuff. That's literally what you said to me. Uh, 
And now I do. I do. And it's not about belief. It's actually results driven. Like, Hallelujah. <laughs> I was at my cottage and I met this woman and she's very nice. She owns like a local farm and we've been going there and her and I had a conversation. Um, I hope she's not listening, but anyways, we went to this farm and she looked at me. She's like, you don't pee yourself. Like all that's like, no, she's like, are you kidding? She's like, you have three kids. I only have two kids. I'm like, I don't pee myself. I was like, it's called pelvic physio you probably should get one she's like oh i heard of that i'm like then you probably mm. like come on lady like it's 2022 we got to take care of our our business you know um and and the thing i think the thing about how i approach both coaching and physical therapy is that i like i'm not an expert in your body i'm an expert right. in what i do right. i'm not going to come like i always like my magic wand it's patent pending like i'm not going to do like a bibbidi bobbidi boo and you're going to be fixed Right. I will give you strategies that you right. can implement so that you can fix yourself. Well, you went home and you did the work. And the work, and yeah, the work yeah. is not four hours of work. It's actually slowing down so that you can act, you can listen to your to what are those muscles doing and actually take control of them. Like start to learn instead of just pushing through this like frenzied perspective of life and like just getting it all done. If we just slow down we can actually start to manage these pieces, but it feels our hustle culture is so antagonistic. And so the antithesis of this idea. And I think the thread, the reason why there's so much commonality is that we're all just saying, slow down, or as I like to say, slow the fuck down. Because when you slow down, that's when we can start to hear the whispers from our body and the whispers from our intuition and all that woo stuff is actually what we really, really need now. We're made that balance is that you were talking about actually comes from not trying to push everything uphill all the time. Like trying to get that body back by pushing, trying to make sure that our kids listen by pushing, create those beautiful meals, like push, 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 push. Like if we just stop and be for a moment we that's where that's where the evolution happens i just got a notification on my apple watch to breathe there you go (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) that's all you i love it so much i i do think though like the pandemic has broken people it has there's been a break right and people are broken more than they ever have you know even even teenage girls I know are broken more than they ever have. I know adult yeah. women who are broken more than they ever have. So it's amplifying and bringing to surface sort of this revolution almost mm-hmm. where we we are we are hitting rock bottom. People have really, and I call it miles beyond burnout, right? We're not even burnt out anymore. We're no. miles beyond it. Yeah. And that's when the work is actually happening. So for yeah. some people, it's there is sort of this um diamond, right? Like in the rough where like, you know, we're we're sort of um all the shit of like your life is sort of moving out of the way. And we have time to ponder these things. And we're like, oh wow, like maybe I have been filling my days and voiding all these things and I'm a junkie. I'm a junkie of like feel good moments, right? I love right. the adrenaline. I love fun. That's my life, right? I try to find always the glass half full. And even somebody like me, who's like the most optimistic, who doesn't really have mental health issues, who I'm suffering, right? So if I'm right. suffering and I have like naturally a ton of tools available to me, I know so many people are just fucking spiraling. And it's no longer, I think, out of control. I think the tools that you're offering up and some of our other brilliant minds are strategies and tools that say we can, we can, we can um, take control a bit to some of these pieces. Some of them, uh, yeah, yeah. You have and a bunch of 
go for it, go for it. Yeah. Uh, no, but what I want to say is like, I, I think also like culturally, this is an opportunity to like stop and say like, how did we get here in terms of like, why did it take this huge trauma for us all to recognize um, that we need support? Like we were at a point where like, it wasn't, we weren't valuable enough or we weren't important enough to take care of until we were 10 feet past burnout. Why, how have we let that happen? Right. Right. How have we let ourselves, why, why did it take that for us to say, huh, well, maybe a little self-care is important. And we, we all roll our eyes. When someone said self-care to me, while well, I was hustling to build my business. I was like, okay, like I'll sleep when I'm dead. But guess think, what? Like, why did we have to get to this place where we felt like we were so past, um, so past burnout yeah. for us to be like, oh, maybe I do need a rest. I mean, maybe that's what it is. I mean, you're Jewish. I'm Jewish. I, I believe that, you know, there's this something called what the smitcha, right? Or smitcha, where it's every seven years where like you have to stop, right? And Jews believe in seven, seven days, seven days of rest, you know, and the seven years you had to like stop farming the crops to get the yeah. crops a minute, like a hot minute to like regentrify. Shemitah. The Shemitah. Thank you. Um, I love this idea because I'll be I, here all week. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is the Shemitah, right? Maybe right. this is like everyone's chilling a bit and our crops have been cut, like where there's nothing else for us to sort of produce. And we are seeing this and, you know, why is it taking this? Because I think we were, we were such consumers of so many things yeah. that we didn't give breath and air to this space. And I think about it. I think about Black Lives Matter. I think about when, you know, when George Floyd got killed, when Brianna Thompson got killed in March of May of 2020, when that little black square hit the Instagram feeds and all of a sudden the podium changed and we're seeing so many more woke women and we're seeing so many black people who are rightfully so taking podiums all over the place. So I think it's the dawn of the new day and sort of these like proverbial, and I'm using like like air quotes here, the elephant in the room is no longer the elephant. People are talking about shit, right? Mm. Like I have been on like antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication for the first time in my adult life. And I, it took this pandemic and sort of everything happening in my life, which is very complex to like be able to have really public conversations about mental Mm. health in a very personal way. So maybe this is it. Maybe it's just like what people needed, right? They needed, they needed this kerosene (laughs) on the fire. That was our life to ignite these fucking conversations, Hana. Yeah. And, and like, just even think about yourself when you came in to see me, Alana, like when you were like, I don't do mindset. I don't do that. Why? Like, why, why was there that, like, that repulsion to actually stopping being with ourselves and believing that like our bodies have the answers. Like what, what was that? It's really this, you're right. It's like this overarching perspective that other people know better than me, just buy this thing and you will be fixed. Whereas like for like centuries and hundreds of years, like we we've trusted ourselves and we lost that trust with ourselves. And now we're like, hmm, what do I need? Has anybody ever asked me that question? What do I want? Has anybody ever asked that question? Have I ever asked that question of myself? Yeah, I think also, I mean, I not to blame my parents' generation, but I tend to look in these conversations. But let's blame them. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Mom, don't be mad. Okay. I think let's let's preface this, but like our parents' generation, the generation before us, 
they sacrificed and I call it like the poor orphan Annie, like generation, like everything was like, they just like laid like sacrifice and sacrificed everything. And like, to the point where they don't, they didn't really like ask for anything. They don't speak their mind. They don't say what they want. And they just sort of like, that's what we saw a bit. Right. So I think we are, they weren't really parented also. Like my, my mother's parents were Holocaust survivors who couldn't even talk. Like, she was taking care of them right away, right? Like there's, right, yeah, yeah. There, there, there was no parenting. So they right. were just figuring it out. We're the first generation that have so many tools available. Yeah. So these are plentiful for us to do better. And it's funny, I was just in the Bahamas and we were talking about um, parenting in the, in, in the Caribbean. And I met a bunch of local Bahamans. And one of the conversations we had talked about is like, um, I've been schooled about this too. Like when you are a black man in the Bahamas or a black woman in the Bahamas, like you were schooled with hitting, like that's what they do. Right. Mm. And they still do. They said hit, hit upside the head or get smacked because like, if you're a, a black person and you misbehave in public, like there's consequences for the fact that you exist in that racialized body. Right. And I keep talking about this because I think it's important for us to talk about as white women. Cause to me, that was an aha moment being like mm. parenting comes in all different shapes and yep. sizes. And there's so many so- societal reasons why somebody's parents are a certain way and why they are a certain way and why they know those certain. So it's, it's just riveting to me. Um, and I know you have a bunch of girls, you have four kids. My four two kids. Who are girls. Three, three girls, one three, boy. Three girls. Jesus, mm-hmm. my God. When you think about your daughters, Hannah, what do you hope for them? It's so interesting. Cause I, like I spend so much time. I think we've talked about this before. Like one of my big aha moments, is, like I spend so much time now telling my girls, like you're smart you're beautiful, you're important, you're valued, you're funny, like giving them like this, like language, this like affirmation language. And I was doing all that while also building this business and like working, like getting up at five in the morning, working out and um, working from 8am until 7pm and then often going out and speaking at night and then coming home. Like, and like I was you know, burning the candle from both ends. And, um, a friend of mine was like, kids learn by seeing, they don't learn from what you're telling them. So you're telling them they're important. You're telling them they're a value. You're telling them that, that what they say matters. You're telling them that what they do matters and you're demonstrating to them that they're only valuable until they become a mother. And then they drop down to the bottom of the list again. So show them, don't tell them. Yeah, I love that. Show, don't tell. Hana, if, if there's if there's one thing you want people to hear today and they hear nothing else as we wrap up, what do you want them to hear? Because that was just very powerful. So I'm going to ask you for another <laughs> powerful moment. What's your, what's your, where's your eulogy at? Where tell us what to hear if they hear nothing else. Like I want women to know that they're worthy just as they are. Like when we're working on goals in physio, working on goals in coaching, I think that a lot of a lot of us come from this this perspective. Like if I just get to there, then I'll be enough. And I want I want women to know. I want people to know they are enough. They're enough right now. It's about growth. It's not about achieving value. Phew. It's about growth, not achieving value. I love that so much. Hannah Ross, thank you so much for your time today. I always like, you always just bring it. Um, If people want to find you, how can they find Hannah Ross? They can find me on Instagram at Hannah H, sorry, Hannah Ross PT. And Hannah, although not quite obvious, is spelled (laughs) C-H-A-N-A-R-O-S-S. P 
PT, um, or you can check out my clinic, Vital Physiotherapy and Wellness. Um, and it's at Vital Physiotherapy and Wellness. We've got a bunch of freebies. Um, I am launching, I've got five spots um, in my one-on-one coaching opening up in April. Um, and if you need pelvic floor physio and you don't live in Toronto, please still reach out. Um, I am connected to some fantastic physios all around the world. Thank you, Hannah, for being here with us today on the Mom Hilla podcast. And thank you everyone for listening. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye, girlfriend. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mom Hilo podcast, I'd love your support by sharing it with others, posting about us on social, or leaving a really good rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mom Halo. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Sick Kids is helping redefine what's possible in pediatrics. Also, children can lead healthier, happier lives. In 2021, Project Halo raised over $150,000 to help build a new Sick Kids designed to better serve patients and families. This will include spaces devoted to parents and caregivers, spaces to feel calm, relief, and rest. We are calling on our community again this year to join us in helping build a state-of-the-art hospital. Together, there are no limits to what we can achieve. To learn more and to donate, go to fundraise.sickkidsfoundation.com backslash Project Mom Halo. Thank you for your generosity and support.